On Halloween night 2001, Cindy dresses up as a cute bunny and joins her two girlfriends so they could party the night away at a popular hangout spot called Players Nightclub. She was wearing a pink top and a white tennis skirt, along with fuzzy white bunny ears. Cindy and her friends left the club at 2 a.m. and went to a friend's place to play video games for a little. At around 4 a.m., her friends drop Cindy off in front of her apartment building. They watch her as she goes up the stairs with her black boots and they drive off. However, that was the last time they'd ever see her again. This case story contains graphic content. Listener's discretion is advised. Also, if you're a fan of dark mystery stories along with true crime cases, then you're listening to the right podcast. I'll be uploading once a week, typically every Thursday. If that sounds like your cup of tea, then all you have to do is hit that five-star review button and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now make sure there are no spiders in your toilet and let's get into it. Yoon Jong Song, who also went by the name of Cindy Song, was a Korean college senior at Penn State University. She was set to graduate that December. Cindy was born and grew up in South Korea until the age of 15. She moved to the U.S. to live with relatives in Springfield, Virginia, where she attended high school. After graduating, she went off to Pennsylvania State College and was majoring in art. Cindy had friends that loved her kind personality. She was this hardworking girl going to school full time, but also working two part-time restaurant jobs. Everything was going good in her life. She was even in a serious relationship at one point with a guy named Richard. They were in love and they lived with each other. Unfortunately, he called it quits a month before she went missing. The breakup took a toll on her, but she was able to find a new roommate pretty quick, who was from South Korea as well, and this helped her cope with the breakup big time. She was a young woman as well, and the two became very close quick. The night she vanished. Cindy decides to take a break from her studies and attends a costume party at Players Nightclub with her two friends, Stacey Pak and Lisa Kim. The trio partied the night away until 2 a.m. on Thursday, November 1st. After the club, they headed to a friend's apartment to play some video games. And when they were done for the night, she was dropped off by her friends at the off-site campus Park Apartments on Clifton Avenue where she lived at. That was the same night Cindy Song disappeared. None of them were overly intoxicated, and they assumed Cindy made it in okay. Three days pass by, and her friends don't hear from her. She doesn't show up to work, and now they really become concerned, because this wasn't like Cindy. On November 4th, they call the police, and they report her missing. Cindy's room was locked and nothing in her apartment looked out of place, so her roommate didn't think anything was wrong when she returned back from visiting family. Now, there was evidence that Cindy did make it inside of her apartment that evening, as her backpack that she wore to the party was present in her home. Inside of her backpack was her phone, which was super weird because it wasn't like Cindy to leave anywhere without her phone. But it was turned off. A set of false eyelashes that she had worn that night were also in her room. 
However, her purse, along with credit cards and her driver's license, was missing. This made police believe that she may have gone to a 24-hour giant, which was the name of a supermarket nearby. So police decide to check there, but the surveillance videotapes had already been taped over. Now, this was in 2001. Surveillance videotapes weren't like how they are today. Stores had to re-record on the same videotape. Authorities received a tip from a woman in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, nearly 200 miles from Cindy's apartment shortly after she disappeared. The witness claimed that a woman matching Song's description was inside of a car with an unidentified male in the city's Chinatown district. The witness said that this woman shouted for help and was being forced in the vehicle, but the man told the witness to leave them alone. However, this witness changed her story to investigators many times, making it difficult for them to verify her statements. Now, the witness gave them a description for a sketch and they released it to the public, but there was no luck. No one with that description was ever found in connection with Cindy's case. The investigation continued and her family flies in to help find her. Cindy's family was so upset with the police because they felt like they weren't doing much to find her. So they created their own search group with fellow Penn State students and locals in the community. They even hired their own private investigators because they really felt like the Ferguson Township PD was no help at all. There was no social media to check someone's status or GPS tracking, but investigators believed that Song did not run away, and friends said that she had no intentions of ever harming her herself. Yeah, she did just get out of a breakup and she was really upset about that. However, the police found an upcoming Britney Spears concert ticket and a receipt for a new computer to be delivered within the next few days. So this was another reason why they just didn't think she would go run away. She was expecting to go to a concert in a few days and she had just ordered a new computer to be delivered. So why would she leave, right? There were no actual concrete leads that led investigators to Cindy, but then this happened. In 2003, a convicted bank robber by the name of Hugo Solensky was arrested and several sets of human remains believed to be from between 5 to 12 people were found in his own backyard. Now, investigators did state that none of those remains were from Song. However, Zelensky told police that he and another man by the name of Michael Krakowski Jr. saw Cindy on the night of her disappearance. They mistook her for a prostitute and they kidnapped her and kept her imprisoned in a walk-in safe in his home until she died. He says that they then buried Song's body in Luzerne County, Pennsylvania, which is, by the way, almost two hours away from where Cindy lived. Then he told investigators that he killed Krakowski after learning that he had kept Song's bunny ears as a souvenir of the crime. Now, the night Cindy went missing, she was still wearing her costume. She was still wearing the ears and she was still wearing her outfit because her costume was not seen back in her apartment. So investigators did believe that she still had it on when she went missing. Till this day, investigators have no proof of Selensky's involvement in Song's disappearance, but they have not ruled him out as a suspect either. He was acquitted of murder charges against him, but was convicted of two counts of abuse of a corpse in March 2006. Now, this is when it gets really weird. There were 12 bodies found on Selensky's land. Some of those bodies 
We're never identified. Someone knows something and they need to speak up. He's still considered a suspect in this case. However, Cindy's body has never been found. There's barely been any media interest in her case and it still remains open till this day. Her family has went back to South Korea, but they have never lost hope of where Cindy could be. The really weird part of this case is that when her family tried putting more pressure on the PD and investigators to give them any kind of answer or to keep searching for their daughter, they stopped all contact with the Song family. Hugo Slensky did have an accomplice by the name of Paul Weekly. Both are doing life in prison right now. Apparently, someone by the name of R. Gary Capitano, who is a detective on this case, left a comment on true crime YouTuber Danielle Halen's page when she was talking about the disappearance of Cindy's song. And in his comment, this comment was posted two years ago, and if you go to her video, you could probably see it if it's still up by the time you hear this. Um, but he basically states that he was retired from the Luzerne County District Attorney's Office after 32 years of being a homicide detective. And he says that on June 5th, 2003, he served a search warrant on the residence of Hugo Solensky. The bodies of Tammy Fassett and Michael Krakowski were recovered. If you don't know who Michael Krakowski was, he was this pharmacist who was also doing like illegal drug deals in the area. And he was working with Hugo Solensky and his girlfriend was Tammy Fassett. His girlfriend was with him at the time that they were at Hugo Solensky's house. And according to Hugo Solensky and Paul Weekly, the night they kidnapped Cindy Song, Michael Krakowski was with them. So Hugo Solensky goes and he kills Michael Krakowski and Tammy Fassett with Paul Weekly, his accomplice. But then Paul Weekly comes out and tells this investigator, Gary Capitano, that Solensky did kidnap and murder Cindy Song. Now, keep in mind, these are just accusations. Nothing has ever been 100% proven. And what I'm reading to you is literally a comment by someone who is going by that name and stating that they were the investigator. There's no proof that that person is who he really is. And when I went and looked up the investigator, I did find out that he did recently pass away. So I couldn't get any more information other than this comment that I saw. This is when things get really interesting because he says that Anthony Falsetti, who was the forensic anthropologist, was consulted about what was being told to him. And Falsetti was able to reconstruct three skulls from the bone fragments in the fire pit. He was able to determine that one of those was a female. There was also three lower mandibles recovered. Samples were sent to R. Gary Capitano, shows that Selensky was involved. He was also, now again, this is according to this comment that's on her page, that he was a frequent visitor at PSU and his girlfriend's credit card showed expenses there for the weekend. So he thinks that Cindy Song had dental records and they could definitely be compared to that female's mandible. It's just about somebody actually doing it and like, why haven't they done that? If that is the case, the investigator that wrote this comment or the person who's stating that he's the investigator who wrote this comment tried to do it himself, but they told him that he was crossing jurisdictional boundaries. 
After all of these years, Cindy's case still remains unsolved and more information on her disappearance can be found on the Charlie Project. If you have any information about her case, you can contact the Ferguson Township Police Department at 814-237-1172. Make sure to stay safe and always be aware of your surroundings at all times.